Dean was born September 18, 1943, in Bloomfield, Nebraska, to Hans and Florence Thick. He was born in the doctor's office. He was baptized and confirmed in the Lutheran faith at St. John's Lutheran Church of Battle Creek, Iowa. Dean attended Battle Creek Community School, graduating with the class of 1961. After high school, Dean attended Midlands College in Fremont, Nebraska for two years. After college, Dean returned home to help his father with the farm work when his mother became ill. He enlisted in the Army National Guard where he served for six years. Dean married Janice, how do you pronounce that? Sacquity, on December 27, 1964. The couple were blessed with two daughters, Amy and Carol. The couple later divorced. On May 27, 2006, Dean married Peggy Bell. Dean was a faithful member of St. John's Lutheran Church in Battle Creek for many years, where he served as president and vice president, Sunday school superintendent and trustee. Dean was currently a member of St. Paul Lutheran Church of Ida Grove, Iowa, where he served as an elder, usher, and videographer. Dean was also a member of the Battle Creek Lions Club, where he served as president and vice president. He was an instructor in the carpentry program for 10 years at Western Iowa Tech Community College and also a local contractor for many years. In 1983, he went to work as an insurance adjuster for Ida Mutual Insurance and later purchased into Falsgraf McMahon Insurance Agency, which later became known as Falsgraf Fick. He was the manager for Ida Mutual Insurance Agency from 1998 to 2016, after which time he retired. Dean spent many years enjoying motorcycling, golfing, and playing cards. He also enjoyed spending time with his wife, Peggy, along with family and friends. His greatest joy was spending time with his granddaughters, Ashlyn and Michaela. Survivors include his wife, Peggy Lee Fick of Battle Creek, stepson and his wife, Eric and Melanie Bell of Pella, two granddaughters, Ashlyn and Michaela Bell, sister-in-law, Patty Heyman of Sergeant Bluff, Pam Lamogis of Sioux City, and Carla Fick of Battle Creek, nieces, nephews, and other relatives, and many special friends. He was preceded in death by his parents, Hans and Florence, and three brothers. Huh? Okay, sorry. The text for the message this day is taken from all those readings you heard earlier. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. August 12th of last month, well, last of this year, Dean entered into the hospital at St. Luke's for a surgery. I remember the day... The week before, I had seen him a couple times, ran into him at Mercy. We were visiting another member, and he was visiting, was his sister-in-law or his sister? Who was he visiting? Your sister. Okay. But he was, ran into him then and also ran into him, also saw him at church the day before, of good spirits, uh, needing prayers, the next day, 
the surgery, and here we are. We stand right now in the reality of the consequences of a fallen world. We stand in the consequences of sin. And I don't mean a specific sin, but I mean the sin that entered into the world through Adam and Eve. There's a reason why when you go through Sunday school, and actually you, don't, you should only learn it at Sunday school, but even as an adult, you still hear that account. Adam and Eve, that lit- those literal historical figures who are our first parents. They are told to not partake of that fruit, and they partook of it. And from it, the world spiraled into sin. And here we stand in the consequences. The reality was, even the very fact that Dean needed a surgery is a part of the consequences of sin, of a sin-fallen world. The sin that we are all born into. But it's also a sin that we also willingly participate into. No one has to twist our arms to do the things that we shouldn't do. Uh, Every Sunday morning, when you came to church, and Dean was very regularly, so he definitely confessed this many times, that we, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we sin in thought, word, and deed. He confessed that same thing, along with, and by the way, us pastors, we say it, we don't go silent because we're innocent. Nope, we're confessing it right along with the church because we are just as guilty. And so the consequent, the wages of sin is death, the scriptures tell us. But here's the great news. Many years ago, at St. John Lutheran Church in Battle Creek, Dean was brought to the baptismal font. And the pastor said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And in that moment when he was baptized, all of his sin was washed away. He received a robe of righteousness. There is a reason why that cloth is over the casket. It's to remind you that right now, he stands in the presence of God wearing a robe of righteousness. A robe that he received in baptism. That reading from Romans 6, it says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? See, Dean, when he was brought to that font, when he received the waters of baptism, he was united to an event that happened on a hill in April 3rd of 33 AD outside of the city of Jerusalem. He was united to Jesus in his death. His his sinful nature was crucified on the cross with Jesus. And Jesus received his sin in exchange. He received Christ's righteousness. This faith that he was baptized into, he confirmed to be held true again at St. John Lutheran Church in Battle Creek. 
And it's a faith that was exemplified throughout his life. I know for anybody that ever knew Dean knew that he was just one, he was one of the nicest people you would ever meet. He was, I've only been here for a little over two years, but every single time it was a pleasure to be, just, just to say hi. And I have a feeling that that was the same experience for many people. That is, that is a Christian. That is Christ working through him. And the faith that he had was expressed throughout his life and his relationship to his family. And it was also expressed on a week ago, not this past Saturday, but the week before, when Dean was in the hospital and had happened to come up and visit. And on that day, he had said that I was ready to go, that he was ready. And the doctors had said, the doctors were of the mind that, no, he's progressing okay. And Dean knew something that none of us knew. It's kind of one of those weird things as pastors, we experience that many times. But the thing is, is in that conversation, see, I could, we, talk, we could talk about all the good things that Dean has done in his life, and it would be a huge list. But absolutely none of it contributed to his salvation. Rather, we could speak to the faith that he had, the grace that he received in Christ. And it was most certainly expressed on that day, that evening, or that afternoon. I can't remember what time of the day it was. I think it was afternoon. Yes, I went to Popeye shortly after, so it was, it was in the afternoon. But he expressed that faith. He expressed his faith in Christ. He trusted that no matter what path he went on, that Christ would lead him. That's why in that gospel reading, you heard those words. Jesus said to Philip, I am the way and the truth and the life. That's why, Michaela, you carried that cross leading in. One, so that we ever, you could, it's something you'll remember. But the other reason, it's to remind everyone that throughout his life, Dean followed Christ. His eyes were on the way, the truth, and the life. And the hope is that he, our eyes would also be on that our eyes would be on him, the only source of hope, the only source of life. If you notice in that psalm, it talked about the righteous man who plants himself beside the stream of water. A person is not righteous because of the works they do. A person is righteous by faith. Even in the Old Testament, it said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Dean believed Christ, and that is credited to him as righteousness. It's for that reason that one week later, when he was in that hospital room, and he breathed that last breath, he took a new breath in the presence of God, the breath of the Holy Spirit. After hearing the singing of Amazing Grace by, well, well, after hearing the songs, 
hearing the words of his family, he got to hear the songs of the angels. Hugged and embraced by Jesus saying, welcome home. And by the way, you know why the angels sing? It's not because Dean is so awesome. Believe it or not, it's actually because his Savior is so awesome. Because he's saying, you know what? This, by the way, this is pretty much what's going to happen for every one of us when we get to heaven. Is that Jesus will say, you have no idea how hard it was to get you here. Because we're, we're all stubborn. We all will do anything and everything we can to go find another path. And so the angels are singing because ultimately it is Christ's victory when we enter into his kingdom. Just as Dean did. But we are left here. The hard reality is, is that you are going to enter, you're going to go home, Peggy. And that's going to be feeling very empty. I guarantee it a month ago you were not expecting this. And that's why, look around you. Christ gave the church. He gave fellow believers. And by the way, that is a charge to all of you. Your job is to bear the burdens, to walk with her, walk with anyone that is grieving. That's what the church is charged to do. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. Means to lift one another up in their sorrow, in their grief. And what is more is that God has promised to give you himself. I talked about this actually was, I think it was last Sunday. But one of the really, no, it was two Sundays ago. One of the really cool things about the way our altars are designed. Most of our altars are either half circles, or in this case, it's a half square. And the reason is, is because when you come up to communion, you receive the Lord's Supper. You receive the body and blood of Jesus in, with, and under the bread of wine for the forgiveness of sins. You are united to every single Christian at that altar. That's why it's called communion, because you are, become, you are one in Christ. But the reason it's only half, and this is, in some Europe churches, they actually really show this, where they actually have a full circle, but they only let people commune on one side. And the reason is, is because the other side is the church triumphant. That's where the Apostle Peter, the Apostle Paul, and Dean is now. When you receive the Lord's Supper, you are united to Dean. Therefore, the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Dean, when he breathed his last breath on this earth, became a member of that company of heaven. See, it is by the body and blood of Jesus that he strengthens you to walk through this world. That's why he gives you his word. That's why he gives you his sacrament. That is why we have this thing on Sunday morning or Saturday evening, if you go there. It's because we can't make it through this world on our own. We need Christ more than anything. And so he gives himself. Until the day is going to come. And just kind of a thought, because I realized that he said on Wednesdays he always plays cards. 
So I wonder if an hour, it was at noon, right? One o'clock. So in two hours, I wonder if he's going to play cards, maybe with his parents, his brothers. Hopefully there's not some guy in heaven that's like a master, like, hey, I, I was a world champion. Let's play. Like, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> but imagine, or maybe there's a heaven version. I don't know. But he'll be able to be right at it within a couple hours. But here's an even cooler thing. It kind of gets you an imagination. I want you to imagine it's on the last day. And Jesus is in the cemetery. And maybe he's heard a joke and he said, how many people do you think are dead in there? What's the answer? Grandkids. How many are dead in the cemetery? All of them, right? Like Grandpa said. <laughs> By the way, my dad used that joke too. So I think it's, it's got to be a mid... My dad is, was the same, is the same age. So it must be a mid, mid-70s dad joke. But you imagine Jesus might say the same thing. He might turn to you and say, how many of, them are, how many of those are dead? He said, all of them. Well, hopefully. But Jesus is going to be like, now watch this. And he'll start saying out names. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Dean, wake up. And I don't know how deep Dean can sleep, but no matter how deep he could sleep on that day, he will hear the voice of his Lord and his shepherd, and he will wake up. That body will wake up stronger and mightier than you have ever known him. That is what began in baptism. Till that day comes, to God be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith, to life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the next hymn.